0: You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News.
1: Hey, friend, it is Angie Austin. So good to talk to you in the new year. Good News Gals are here. Now, Rebecca Barth is someone you may remember because she was on the air here. She started as a Good News Gal and then joined in. So welcome back to you and joined in with your own show on the air for a while. Yes, yes. And you um, have a wonderful uh, ministry, and it's uplifting and encouraging women. And it came out of the loss of your best friend over an argument and then the rekindling of that friendship and deciding that, hey, we would up, uh, we're would we going to uplift women and their friendships.
2: Right. I mean, if we all do that with each other instead of tearing each other down, build each other up, the world can change.
1: I, so I, I totally agree with you. It seems like such... A little thing, but if all of us can just do a little of that every day, yes. it makes such a huge difference. And tell everybody where your ministry is, where they can find it.
2: Uh, it's on Facebook. She shares ministries.
1: She shares. I love that. Robbie Yopst is back. I-O-B-S-T. I-O-B-S-T. Yeah, I-O-B-S-T. <clears throat> I-O-B-S-T. Yeah, I-O-B-S-T. I just like the cheer. Yeah, yeah. It's
3: always easier to spell if yeah. you cheer it. Yeah, yeah. So do it again. I O B S T.
1: Yeah, because it is an interesting name, Yopes, spelled I O B S T. So, Robbie, you've got something big coming up, and we'll be hearing about it over the next uh, week or so. Yeah,
3: well, I'm I'm so excited. January 17th at the Rio Grande Restaurant in Lone Tree from six to eight p.m. It's going to be an evening with authors that inspire bravery.
1: And these are great authors, including yourself. Yes. She she's oh really moved right? together a group. Michelle, so, January 17th.
3: Yes. Michelle Cushat, Danica Favorite, Joy Overbeck, and Amy Elaine Martinez. And Robbie Yopst. And me. <laughs> and the, but the whole goal behind this is everyone has a book in them. Yeah. I want to help people this year finish your book. By, next, by December Everybody 19th. Everybody has a
1: book in them. You just raised your hand. Uh, yes. I like- she has a book. Woo-hoo. you have a book in you, too? I do have a book I in mean, me. Jennifer does, too. Oh,
3: no, stop. I, yes. I'm Jennifer, started. you should come. Jennifer Bishop
1: is here. She is a businesswoman, very involved in health, and very successful. And I saw something recently. Wasn't it your vision board that
3: had something about a book on it? It has it every year. Really? (laughs) And it's not only a book, but a best-selling author. This will be the last year, though. You're going to go to Robbie's event, right? I know, and I've hired, uh, you know, life happened, and I give myself grace um, last year. So, yes, I've been working with Miss um, Beatrice Bruno, actually.
4: Oh, oh she's see? wonderful. Wow. I
3: know, and life happened to both of us last year.
4: Oh, my
5: goodness.
1: Yes, Jen got divorced so, after almost 30 years of being with her husband, and Beatrice lost her husband geez. of almost 30 years to a heart attack just a few months ago. In fact, they both went through this at about the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So I mean, you know the beautiful thing, Dave, you know this, to coming on this show, and Dave being the kid that I was like, Oh my God, this kid's. Did he even like this show? Is he even a Christian? Like, what's his deal? How did I get this kid? Then he's become, must be honest, my favorite. And, but, Aww. you know, he grew on me. I mean, he grew on me because I saw him like really his faith increased doing this show he bonded with all the women that come on the show then he they had a family emergency with his son's ca- cancer last year yes. and we're, all the women like he turned to all the women on this show right. like to pray for his family to encourage him to reach out to him and like they all love him that's awesome. I love
3: Dave and his I never family.
0: Had a, I never had a group of people like that in my life before. Oh, I'm oh, cry. I love you guys.
3: I'm we love cry. you. I love you, Dave. You know? And David's going to write a book this year. Yes. So I'm like,
1: oh, I, I went from who is this kid to like, we love this kid. Absolutely. And he's not even a kid. When he, t- when he finally told me how old he was, I'm like, you are like my husband's age because I like him. Ah!
3: Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious! I know. You're young enough to be my husband. <laughs> You're young enough to be my husband, but I'm
1: keeping the one I have, so we're good. He's a good. <laughs> he's a keeper.
3: Most <laughs> days. No, just kidding. <laughs> my
1: husband. Yeah, he's a good one. He's, he's a, a good One. He's a All right. So, um, we've got a Robbie, and we have Rebecca, and we have Jen, and I want to get. I was so glad that Rebecca came in today because Dave, you know, I've been talking a little bit about um, my daughter and um, possibly even homeschooling her. She has some attention issues, which in one of her classes, she got a month and a half behind on the homework. So at the end of the quarter, and we believe me, we've met with the teacher, she has a special plan. They're supposed to let us know when she falls behind. He's like, well, she's behind her homework. And I'm like, and then I look at him I'm like, well, from what you've just told me, it's six weeks. Like, how was I to know? So in trying to get that together, she did not get a satisfactory grade. She did not fail, but I was not happy at all that we had, like, a weekend to do six weeks of work, right? And, of course, then she's melting down. So I'm considering homeschooling, and I know that a lot of real teachers are like, well, if they can't do it, why can you? Because she goes to eight classes a day, and she's already distracted, right? Eight classes, and it's like um, she's young for the grade, and there's, like, fashion and a kid cutter Hair in class, like, to be, like, snotty. Another kid cut her jacket in class. One kid did sex gestures to her, and he got, like, suspended from the bu- bus for a day or two and taken out of her class. But before he they did that, he uh, drew a pee-pee, on her class i know you're supposed to use the proper word but sorry i'm not saying the p n i s word on the radio i'm just let not into <laughs> it he drives a pp on her artwork while she's like in class so um and she's real cute and bubbly and c- c- kind and fun most jovial kid i've ever met i mean you, doesn't she have the most delightful personality so they asked me if i'd looked into uh drugs for her if no. i wanted to drug her <laughs> and i'm like she's 11 like she's a tremendous athlete she's such a great athlete and i'm going to put drugs into her body right now like uppers or whatever they give him and i'm not if you do it for your kid my nephew did it he said it did help him concentrate but she's growing i i totally disagree what do you think of her personality but all the kids you've met in your life what do you think of her personality? oh
3: she's amazing Uh, you know she is special loving loving, oh gosh bright brilliant kind kind thoughtful she's the best personality of like any kid i've ever met she is she's like optimistic i mean she's like eternally optimistic and I think our world just like takes those optimistic people like myself and like tries to stuff sure. them down and and you know and uh, and we talked about this 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 last week um, when we were together and we, I told you that the doctors tried to um, put my son and now he's twenty in a marine and. And everything, they tried to, you know, title him with a title, and they wanted to put him and on I drugs. I took, I, I and, knew she was
1: distracted, but I put it off as long as I could. But middle school, I couldn't put it off anymore.
3: Well, and and you know what? Here's the thing. I think that every child has gifts, and every child has things that they, quote, struggle or whatever. And people have... Right, we all do. We Everybody, right. everybody. And so for, I think our system, and I I have tons of friends that are teachers. I love teachers. Um, We talked about um, homeschooling our son, actually. And then that's when my son or my husband was diagnosed with ALS. And that you know we're like okay I'm not I can't put him in this household with all this going on because like you said her hair was cut her jacket's been cut she's dealing with all these sexual things. And, and she's still happy as a clam yeah she, you know what I mean like she's not coming home depressed
1: or whatever she just finds other friends or ignores those people that are yeah. mean or whatever yeah and so I did look into one program and Rebecca I know you homeschool now I oh, you even do? though I was a straight A student I'm not one of these is going to be like my neighbor she has seven kids she homeschools five of them Two, she can't because they're in foster care. They don't allow you to do that. Um, so she uh, sat me down and showed me, like, she does the full-on curriculum. Like, she orders the textbooks, and she does, I'm not that lady. Like, I don't, <laughs> I mean, you are a teacher, Rob. It's in-depth. So I have another friend, and she's using this program called Acellus, and I haven't looked into it much yet, but I know there are a lot of online programs. I, I would hope that, that, I like the programs where you can go into, like, a class at two and, you know, have that interaction but I'll make sure she has plenty of that but I looked at some of the videos and what I love that they do is you know how when you see a really good documentary on like history They've done their learning, their vi- videos, like their history video. Like you're in Boston and he takes you into a church and he goes, and they stood here and they both had lanterns and they lit them up for all the city to see. And then he's down like where the tea party was and he's explaining, you know, where the ships were and what happened and he's pointing to this and this is where it happened and I'm getting the chills just standing here, you know? And so he's going to all the places. And so you're almost, your history class that day, they're professionally done classes where you're learning the history and oftentimes you're there. And with the math, like the lady's sitting down and she has a pie and she has cookies and she's counting them and she's dividing them and whatever. So I feel like it's not just like a guy in front of a, bl- a blackboard like we did it, you know, when we were kids. <laughs> and so I have another friend that just started this. And also, you, know, you have to pay for it you Mm -hmm. know you even though you have tax dollars going you know into the school system if you pull your kid you're paying for the homeschooling as you know right
2: well my kids go to a public school for homeschool really so we don't pay for this I know right? there's so many options out there so so many options so uh, but you're right if you're going to do anything outside of that you'll be paying for we we uh, the first year just, I didn't know what I was doing. Went to a store and just bought a bunch of curriculum and okay. went nuts. And <laughs> She's <laughs> at Walmart with, like
1: pens and, and, like, an alphabet uh, book.
2: It was crazy. Well, and I work full-time. I have a team of three, and they're counting on me running my business so that they also can have a livelihood. So to put that into the equation is complicated. Wow. Mm. It's complicated, but you can do it. And, and, and you have a ministry. And, you know, and that too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, the, uh, I, I think... The way we need to change our thought process around it, though, is that we're really early adapters to digital and individualized learning, mm-hmm. not homeschoolers. Because homeschoolers carries a lot of baggage for people like me. I grew up as, in traditional schooling. My mom's a principal of an elementary school, and homeschoolers when I grew up were strange, yep, and odd and, weird different. They, yeah, and different. Yeah, I mean and they that, were that's the socially. Same
1: awkward yes. because they weren't around other kids okay yep. Yep.
2: okay and so we I mean, like that's, to that's, that's,
1: that stigma is, so many people are homeschooling these days it's that stigma doesn't seem to be there as yeah. much anymore a lot of
0: the people i know that are, have been homeschooled i work with them now that that went through homeschool and they're some of the most ed, well educated people mm-hmm. that i know
2: yes because you and can well rounded yeah it's individualized learning so what happens is in a subject that um, one of my children is is struggling in we can spend more time in a subject where they're a master we don't need to do all of this repetitive work just because that's the assignment we you know for example my son is very strong in math and science and so his work is um less repetitive in math because he gets it. Why would I have him do 50 problems when right. he after 2 has it? And so you can do an individualized learning program or, uh, in a in a traditional school. You can't. And I love traditional school. Again, my family's all in traditional school. Um I well, and what's tell me the
1: program. What is? Oh, it?
2: Oh, oh, so the public school program um, that we go to is called Cloverleaf. There's many out there, but this is so they meet on Wednesdays in Traditional classroom settings—they go to PE, e., you know, science, um, history. Um, there's five classes, and of course, uh, art. What's the other one? I'm missing language arts. Art. Language arts. And so they go and they see other kids. Well, that's nice. Yeah, they, and then they the they curriculum is free. You don't have to use their curriculum because you, you're you're not actually you is don't it report online,
1: or do you have books like you have to sit down and?
2: You have books. There are some online options too. We do, uh, for example, for science. Again, this is his strength. We could talk about his weaknesses, but it, it, my son's strength is science, and so the curriculum doesn't fit him anymore. He's already outgrown all of the curriculum there, so we use an online um, high school program for him. You can combine programs. Totally. I mean, it's your well. When you homeschool, you really are the principal and the teacher. Okay. So while they go to a public school, that means they can be in public school programs and have access to anything in the public school system. I'm still the decider, and so I choose not to use the science program uh there instead he does an online science program at the high school level even though he's in seventh grade S- and then
3: how do they move
1: kids up so again if right we're, uh, if you're just joining us uh, michelle joined us as well michelle betts if you uh, decide that you're going to homeschool a kid how do you then and i know that they can take play, p- part in sports and everything too yes. in their local school what's in their district i'm assuming right. you know at their school that is you know that they're supposed to go to um and then secondly uh, i guess my next question would be um So how do they move them up to the next grade? How do they determine that, yeah, that they... uh, Especially in this, you know, setting where you say it's a public school where you homeschool four days a week and go to the school one day.
2: You would decide that. I do keep my children in the same grade. I see. My son is above in science but in writing and reading he is you know seventh grade mm-hmm. average seventh grade student. so we, we're seventh already you know i know right seventh it's grade. crazy it uh, <laughs> and the whole story of gossip happened when he was a baby because it was over the baby monitor
0: yes, right for him and oh so my gosh, i know so ministry so, it's, yes it's that it, just, it,
2: just as
1: a <laughs> sidebar the reason that uh, rebecca and her best friend their friendship ended and then rekindled and they started a ministry to uplift women is because her friends were gossiping about her and she heard it on her <gasps> baby monitor. I remember the, the story.
3: I remember your story. <laughs> yes. That is hilarious. So she goes
1: home and she's got her baby and the baby monitor, she hears her friends. Ripping her to shreds, in her opinion. <laughs> she goes back with her baby, knocks on the door, and says, I heard you guys on my baby monitor. I hate your guts. I mean, that wasn't quite it. but That's
2: pretty much it. Yeah. So we, yeah, pretty then, much hated each other so after that. then
1: they became best friends again and started a ministry to encourage and uplift women. Awesome. You know, I talked about forgiveness, but it was no easy road. She used to hide and pretend she was, like, reaching for her purse when she'd pass her on the street to pretend so she wouldn't have to look at her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need my sunglasses. She'd reach down. Oh, I don't have to wave at you.
4: Yeah.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> it. Uh, it it was Michelle wonderful.
1: Like, can you imagine your baby monitor? Monitor, what a nightmare. I would
2: hate to hear what people are saying.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah.
2: right. That's what I always say. You want to be a fly yeah. on the wall, maybe not. No <laughs> maybe thanks. Not. I'd rather no. not. No. no. It's but none it also, of our business, right? Well it what also people say. <laughs> right. And it also reminds us all the time, uh, Sarah and I, to to watch what we say. Yeah. You know, to your words have a lot of power, even if uh, you if you don't if mean that or... even if
3: the person doesn't hear it on the right. baby monitor. Right. It's still out there. It's a lot of power. We, we did a great um, it was through focus on the family with our son. And, um, it was a little, um, I don't know, a little, I don't want to say a class, but Was it, it the toothpaste thing you Yes, again? it was okay, the toothpaste. I remember that. Do it, do so, it, it. so, um, we took a tube of toothpaste and we said, okay, Chris, let's pretend this toothpaste that's coming out is words, the words that you say. Now, you know, sometimes we want to take back things that we say. So, you know, let's, let's try to get all that toothpaste back inside there. And he tried and he was like trying to, and say, see, you can never get all the toothpaste back once you say something. It is out there in the
6: world. That's really good. Was that a Sunday school lesson that you took home? Uh, well, probably. <laughs> I had this That's focus, really good. focus yeah, on Michelle. the family book. I know, isn't that good? That's good. How very do you good. teach it's your kids visual.
1: that kind of stuff? Because you're in the kind of same boat I am, similar in that. One of your kids, you'd never have to worry about homework. She just does it. She comes home with straight A's. Mm-hmm. One you have to sit down with and do everything with, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, and then really, there's uh, the boy. And then kind of in between.
6: Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah um, uh, I, I've never had to – I don't really have to talk to my kids about how to treat um, other people or to not talk about them because my kids are usually right. the brunt's. Of the joke, and so they... Michelle's they are sensitive. biracial. They're biracial, and my and oldest is six, six, seven, seven, and she's 15. So they've seen, they've watched, um, you know, they, they get to see a lot of people gawk at their sister, at their dad, at themselves. Yeah, because dad's seven one. Yeah, and um, they're just, they're sensitive to how people take things. They're very sensitive. The only time they are they can be, like, ruthless with their tongue is at home. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, that's a little bit you know you've got to mind your words at home too because right. you know I always used my brother as the example I'll, I'll never forgive myself me and my brother are super close but as a, li- as a little kid um, I knew exactly how to shut my brother up we would fight like cats and dogs but we love each other and if I really got angry with him I would just make a joke about his weight and I still to this day feel so do you terrible. was he chubby yeah, he was. Oh, and he's, you so know, even he, now he's like been like a yo-yo, you know, kind of up and down with it. And it really affects you his were the tall, self-esteem. Oh, yeah. He's so handsome. And I still feel so bad about it. I feel bad. Have
1: you told him? Have you ever apologized to him? Oh, yeah.
6: And yeah. I've told him how, how I was teaching my kids a lesson and saying, you know, the hurt that you can cause to people, you won't get past that when you see, you know. Whether it affects them or not, it's something hard to get past as an adult. You know, and I have an, another friend, who, she used to pick on a lot of people when we were little kids. Really? And this girl told, like, ran into her when they were, like, adults in the bank, like, 10 years ago. And she was like, You were my worst nightmare. You made my childhood a living hell. Mm, and wow. my kid, my friend, could not, she could barely for- forgive herself. Like, she begged for forgiveness. And this woman was like, I'm fine with it now. But to be an adult, you know, Mm -hmm. and to know that you've affected people that way, it's really hurtful, and you can't take it back. You can't. You can say sorry, but you're never going to take back that childhood of insecurity or the insecurities that people have now. And then, you know, on top of that, people pass their insecurities on to their children. Mm -hmm. So you're not Mm -hmm. affecting just that person. You're going to affect their family for generations because of their self-esteem issues that you helped uh, to perpetrate. It's really sad, and it's much more intense than I think people realize. And so I, I've been very oh, wow. careful to teach my kids just to mind how they talk about people.
1: Well, and I, and Robbie, I'm just going to jump in there and share your story that I've never forgotten. She's in like third grade, this little boy, they exchange pictures. She really likes him. I, well, you know what? Do we have, how much time do we have?
0: About 50 seconds. <laughs> All right,
1: so I'm not going to tell Robbie's story, but I'm going to tell it next time because her story and Beatrice's really stuck with me about two things that were said to one to each of them when they were children <clears throat> that really influenced their entire lives and the way they saw themselves and what the kid had said about each what was said about each of them was not true at the time but they almost made it come true they made it a problem for themselves because they be- believed the label it's crazy so we'll, uh, we'll bring it up tomorrow does that sound good We've got Carrie on tomorrow, Carrie Conley, and so we may have to save the topic for Thursday, but I'm telling you, this label, labeling people, don't do it. We'll be right back.
7: The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. 303-238-JANE You call them
3: and they'll pick up whatever you need Furniture, small, big Medium um, Yep, absolutely
1: uh, Small, big, medium yes, They'll ma'am. bring the truck right on over What's yes, the ma'am. number? 303-238-JANE Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house 303-238-JANE 303-238-JANE, yes, 303-238-Jane. ArcDrift.org. Does uh, Arc make you feel special?
7: Oh yeah, absolutely
1: I thought so The are
7: special Arcdrift.org. As org. are you, ma'am As are you,
1: Thank you. Do you love working for Ark? I
5: love...
1: Earth.
0: sitting in for angie today Uh, i didn't want to pass up this opportunity we finally tracked down somebody from our really good friends at the denver rescue mission i know they used to be kind of a little bit more involved in the show but everyone's doing so well over there that they're actually working and they're doing good and they're they're making their way through their lives and i know that denver rescue mission helps a lot of different people and they do some really really amazing things um at the end we're going to talk a little bit about how Unbelievably enough, it's almost the turkey drive time. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But before we get to that, I wanna to talk to somebody who's actually been through the program. He's working now. He's 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 got he's on the road to recovery. Our good friend Nelson from the Denver Rescue Mission. How are you doing today, Nelson?
5: I'm doing very well, sir. Thank
0: you. Well, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, now, let's just oh. let's just jump right into it. And why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about um, what led up to you having an experience with the Denver Rescue Mission, even in the first place?
5: Well, I was on my way up here from Texas, got arrested in... Burlington, Colorado, for DWI and possession of narcotics. And they confiscated my car, which left me in jail and stranded with no vehicle once I got out. And the pastor there that I made friends with, he told me there's no resources in Burlington. He says your next step would be Denver. So he took me to Denver, and I didn't know much about it, so I stayed at the crossroads at Salvation Army. Then I found out through Samaritan House and some other people that I could stay at the Denver Register Mission. So I stayed so I went and stayed there. Found out that they had a program that to help people get back on their feet. It was called the New Life Program. So I went to the New Life program and graduated it. And my chaplain told me, he says, Well, you you can take another step. We have a, another program at the crossroads and you can uh, stay there for up to two years, get your life together. Get closer to God, get some, go through our program, go through the school, the classes, build your resume, get a job, save your money, and graduate and start a new life. So I told him that sounds like what I want to do. So what I did was I packed my things at the downtown, did the rescue mission. They transported me to the crossing, which is off Smith Road in Kearney. And I started a program there. I started out in classes that were spiritually based, something to get a, well help me find a God that I could understand, and it would uh, help me get me back on the road to recovery. So I went through all their classes, and then built a resume. Went to the computer class, got a little more experience on the computer, and after building a resume, after uh, six months, went out looking for work. I landed my first job that I had because of the resume that I built there at the Denver Rescue Mission. It was at Goodwill, but after three months, it didn't pay any more money, and once I got forklift certified, it didn't give me any more money, so I found another job and to again into my resume that I built there at the mission, I landed this job there at Sykes. Uh, it's a computer corporation in Dallas. I mean, out of Denver that we work uh, for Fortune 500 companies. I do shipping and receiving and wiping and cleaning of computers, reprogramming. I'm learning a lot here, and I'm saving my money. I have 2500 in the bank now sa- saved, and I've been at this job for a month and a half now. And things are looking well. Well, that's great. That's all really great news. Now,
0: I have a question for you. You mentioned that the Denver Rescue Mission, they have kind of some faith-based classes, and something that our listeners are always really interested in is how God is working through your life to getting you to where you are today. And now, was God a part of your life before you went to the Denver Rescue Mission? Well,
5: he was, but not so much. I was drinking and drugging and using abuse and a lot of things, and God kind of, I didn't have time for God at that time. And through uh, being hooked up back in jail, I was really blaming everybody but myself for my problems. And uh, finally I had to just confess up and admit that I was the one that was in the wrong and that I'm the one that strayed from the Lord. But uh pastor in Burlington, Sean Reivers. He helped me out to uh, regain my faith in God, and through the mission, they really regained my faith in the Lord, and that was a big turnaround for me. I know that it's not me running the show anymore, and I do my morning and nightly prayers and reading my Bible, and know that I have a new creator who's made me anew again.
0: Well, that's that's wonderful news and you know what I'm we're always interested a little bit in in how people get to that point in the first place. Now, can you tell us a little bit about before you left Texas, what had happened or what was going on in your life that made you want to, you know, escape the realities through using drugs and alcohol and things like that? Is there something specific or is it just kind of a general bunch of different things?
5: Well, basically, it was just, I, mean, I was getting old, and the same thing was happening over and over. Drink, drug, go to jail. Drink, drug, go to prison. It just got worse and worse. And, you know, I just, I didn't have much faith in the Lord back then. I thought that I could do something about my life and change it, and I was wrong. Right. I was big wrong.
0: Right, right. It's a the
5: void. Uh, there is no void. I mean, I always believed in Christ and, and God, but they just uh, strengthened it. Once I got here, they put me back on track and hooked me back up with, on the right path and got back to my praying and saying, being thankful and an attitude of gratitude throughout the day. Instead of looking for my next drug or my next head or my next drink, I have a different life now and I owe a lot of gratitude to the rescue mission.
0: Well, that's beautiful, and it seems like your life is going really well now. You said they've helped you build up your resume and kind of just get back on the right track. And you you, you mentioned something just now, the attitude of gratitude. That's something that they really emphasize over there at the rescue mission, right?
5: Yeah, it's something that you know needs to take place. You need to be grateful for each day that you're awake, because a lot of people didn't wake up, you know. And I did, and I have a attitude to change my life and generate a new life and to the mission I have generated that life. I've been clean and sober now for well over a year, almost 14 months now, which I've never had 14, 14 days of sobriety, much less 14 months. So uh, I them a lot of gratitude, and I owe oh my good Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ uh, a ton of gratitude for, you know, being Forgiving and going to work with his children. Once we stop doing what we the bad things and start doing the right things, he's always there for us.
0: Right. We talk about that a lot on the show, about how nothing is impossible through Christ. And but and, and if we have that dedication to Him, if we have that trust in Him, if we put ourselves in His hands that anything is possible, I mean, you could be low. You could be as low as possible. You could be addicted to whatever it is. You could be lost, completely lost in your life with no skills. But then when if you give yourself to Christ and the, if you have that faith and if you work every day at it and you do have that attitude of gratitude— it's, it's possible. And, you know, it's 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 so wonderful to know that places like the New Life program at the Denver Rescue Mission are helping so many people like you, Nelson. And um, can you tell us a little bit about some of your experiences as you were going through the New Life um, and then that next program? I'm sorry, I don't remember what it was called. Maybe anything specific from there that really stands out in your mind as something that really helped you to want to keep keep going and turn this around?
5: Well, i tell you, when you first start out, you start out in downtown is where I had to start from. And, well, you just, you got to get clean and sober down there and pass the UAE before you come to the crossing. And there are people down there that, well, this life is not working for them. And so they turn to drinking and drugging, and I'm around that all day. And I had to make the decision to, that I really wanted this thing, you know, so I cleaned up my act then moved on to the crossing. where you with my chaplain, Ryan Wickstrom. Uh, a lot of one-on-one time, a lot of praying, a lot of Bible work, a lot of studying, even in the evenings from 6 o'clock till 7.30, sometimes till 8. Uh, devotions in the morning, that lasted for about an hour. Uh, it just, it brought you closer to God and you know that God loves you and he cares for you. And it makes you want to turn your life around. It gives you that attitude of gratitude that you care about things and your family and your loved ones and, and just people in general. They haven't given up hope on it yet.
0: Well that's that's pretty awesome. And now, now you mentioned family and your loved ones. Um, has your family and loved ones seen any part of this transition of you going from your former life and then going through the program and now to see where you are now, just doing well and just plugging away at it? Has has anybody reacted to that in in a good way? Have you re- reconnected to anybody? No,
5: well, I have. Uh my family's passed away. I have no siblings or mother or father. Left, but my boss in Dallas, Texas, who has uh, stayed with me the whole time through phone and letters, um, when I talk to him now on the telephone and tell him where I'm at and what's happening, and he just tells me it's so nice to talk to me nowadays. Instead of me asking for money, I'm well. I paid him back over well over $800 now that I owe the man for helping me get up here to Colorado. And uh he just he just you know, a big change in me, and he's glad and he's happy and he welcomes me to come back down and stay with him sometime if I ever get a vacation time up here
0: well, that's awesome it's it's always nice to see you and you you have the Support of people who love you and regardless of what you've been through it's and it's always great to see those people when they when you see in their face or you hear in their voice that you are actually changing and that it's I mean you're not changing for them but that you're actually making enough changes in your life and you're putting it all together that you are able to they can see it and that you are able to you know make them proud um, that that you are dedicated to this and that you're working towards it and you're working through all your issues and and how well you really are doing.
5: No, it's something you had to generate on your own. mission can only do so much for you, but they give you all the tools to allow you to do so. And then you go out and generate a new life. It's choices, decisions, you know, it's a lot of things factor into to generating a new life. Building up your credit score, putting money in the bank, changing up your appearance. You know, the way you talk, where you who you hang out, who you associate with nowadays. And you got programs of the mission like Stronger Accord, uh Providence Bible Studies and Providence Church and and Red Rocks and all these churches that are more than willing to open their arms and to receive us in as members of their community and help us out in any way they can. It's just miracles do happen at the rescue mission. Every
0: day, right? And we're so so thankful for the wonderful work that Denver Rescue Mission does, and they help so many people, just like Nelson at the Denver Rescue Mission. They, you know, a lot of guys. We've talked to a lot of guys over the years here on the show that have, you know, some of them they feel like they were at rock bottom. They didn't even want to be alive anymore, and then they get in touch with the rescue mission, and it really does help them turn it all around. They find that faith in Jesus. They 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 hold on to it, and then, like you said, the rescue mission can't do it for you, but they can help you with the tools, the right tools that you need. You know, build up your credit score. Build up that resume. Really turn it around because a lot of times it just feels like you're stuck and you got nowhere to go.
5: That's right, so That is totally right.
0: Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Nelson, for talking to us. I know it can't be easy telling your story over and over, and uh, we really, really appreciate it. I know that our listeners really appreciate it, and we just wanted to mention, too, that the Rescue Mission does a lot more than just help these guys, uh, you know, help guys like Nelson get through and get past a lot of this stuff, but they actually especially during the holidays, we all hear about the Denver Rescue Mission Turkey Drive, which is coming up. I mean, you can already donate now, uh, but it's coming up. The real big push to go to it, you know, it's, it's, they're going to help more people than ever before. Now, I think Nicole or Alexa are still there. And uh, what, can you tell us a little bit about how we can start looking forward to that season and how we can actually help more people?
4: Yeah, Dave. Thank you. Um, We Our goal is 15,000 turkeys, yet again. So a lot of frozen birds that fit into a gigantic freezer. Um, But the awesome part about our turkey drive is that we support a lot of people through it, Um, not just people who come directly to Denver Rescue Mission, but various churches and schools and other nonprofit organizations. So it's a really awesome outreach that we kind of um so privileged to be um kind of behind the the turkey hub as I'll call it.
0: Right, right. And it's always so important. I know you guys help I mean you don't just help churches, you help families that are struggling, people that may not otherwise have, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner. And I know that you guys have that really big Thanksgiving dinner at the mission. And you help all those people, and I know Angie's been down there to to uh, help give out food and kind of, uh, you know, wash the dishes and really volunteer a lot of her time so that, you know, on Thanksgiving, everyone can have such a good time and what a wonderful meal that is, and it really wouldn't be possible without this turkey drive. But then you also help just people in the community, your neighbors that you might not know are struggling, and then a lot of people out there, you know, people from your church that you don't know that, you know, may not even have a turkey, right?
4: That's totally right. And yeah, um actually I think Angie's Thanks. husband got got uh, uh dish duty a couple of years ago. Yeah, and right. he... He rocked it. So whether you do dishes or you serve plates or whatever, um, volunteering, you know, through the holidays but also throughout the year is a wonderful way to learn more about um, what people experiencing homelessness go through, um, and you know, meet guys like Nelson who um, may not have family around. So that's a big part of the holidays, especially at the mission, is that we. Just come alongside people and love them for where they are, and um, celebrate holidays with them as their family.
0: That's awesome. So, and I, and I know it's a little early, but maybe you could tell us, uh, you know, tell our listeners about how they can start getting prepared to maybe volunteer their time, how how they can get prepared to maybe donate some turkeys or uh, anything else that you might want want our listeners to know, so that they can actually go out and help.
4: Oh, that would be great. We so appreciate um, your listener support. And really going to denverrescuemission.org is the best way to see kind of what's happening. Um, Yes, we will need those frozen turkeys, um, you know, kind of starting October, November. Um, and then just general support you can find on our website a link to our volunteer website as well so just check out the website we're also on you know facebook and twitter to see kind of what's what's coming up and what we're what we're involved with but we really appreciate the support we can't do it without the community
0: well thank you so much thank you nelson for being on the show this has been a really great well thank you this has been a really great. I, we love that you share your story. Please keep in touch with us. We'd like to keep you know keep us involved and let us know how you're doing in the future. And I really hope that your road to recovery keeps going and that you start doing really well. And everybody out there, go to DenverRescueMission.org and learn how you know it doesn't just have to be Thanksgiving with the turkeys. It can be year-round. You can go volunteer. There's a lot of things that you can do. Get in touch with uh, with the Denver Rescue Mission. And really, it's you know your time is just as valuable as anything. So thank you very much, you guys. uh, We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be right back with a little bit more good news.
4: Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will have you looking and feeling your best. Roxy O'Brien transforms lives using a non-surgical revolutionary treatment called Cool Sculpting that targets, freezes, and eliminates fat cells in the areas of your body that are resistant to diet and exercise. With this non-invasive and effective procedure, you will start to see a difference fast. And the best part is that as a good news listener, you will receive a buy three, get one free special on your Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to rejuvenation on the rocks that's rejuvenation on the rox.com to start your cool sculpting package and be sure to tell Roxy that you are a good news listener to receive your special pricing deal
0: YMCA of the Rockies is the place to take your family. It's like a destination vacation in your own backyard. This year at SS Park Center, we'll be hosting family snowshoe hikes, backcountry ski meetups, outdoor winter survival trainings, winter ecology hikes, and much more. We'll have guest speakers, excursions for every level of experience, and demos by popular mountaineering equipment brands. Visit ymcarockies.org for more information. That's ymcarockies.org.
1: Angie Austin here, welcome back. The Consumer Electronics Show kicks off each year by showcasing the latest innovations and advancements to hit the tech industry. Connected car technology is so cool, and it's a hot topic at CES this year. Joining us in this sponsored interview is technology journalist Paul Hockman, who's teamed up with Verizon Connect to discuss how connected car solutions can empower you with info and help you better manage your car and life from the road. I always love it when I get it with like a rental car. Well, Paul Hockman is also the former Today Show tech guru, who currently writes insightful tech articles for numerous uh, technology magazines. In fact, his articles have been called a must read by the new york times welcome paul hockman thank you for having me all right so paul let's talk um at ces some of the top technology trends that you're seeing uh showcase this year
7: connected cars and all kinds of other devices that sort of keep you know those cars are now uh, automated driving cars you hear about those you certainly hear about connected home and you hear about the internet of things where all kinds of devices now are on a network you could turn on your stove from your smartphone and, and things like that or turn up the heat in your house or turn off the lights from afar. Those are all big trends. But I think the most important trend from my perspective is simplicity. I think consumers are actually getting to the point where they're sort of fed up with, with the difficulty of all these devices and the difficulty of accessing uh, operating system. So um, I, I think that the simplicity trend is the one that's most welcome, meaning devices that are now easier to use. And I'll, I'll give you a, a great example from my perspective. Is a, a new partnership that's being announced today um, at CES, which by the way is being set up, so you can hear some some stuff in the background. But that partnership is between Verizon and their Humx device and Google. Uh, for the first time, the first 4G LTE connected car solution that has. Google Assistant, which looks like a, it's a silver box, looks about, about the size of a, a deck of cards. It fits on your sun visor over your head. And it's always been giving you, it's not a brand-new advice. You get great information about your car. It has crash detection. So if you get in a crash, it will—it can send emergency vehicles to your location, your precise location. It knows where you are. That's, that's fantastic. All that's terrific. You get instant live access to mechanics. Terrific. But what's really cool in this partnership with Google is now I press the button on that little uh, deck-of-card-sized device, and I now have access to Google Assistant. So if I'm driving along and I suddenly remember, as I often do remember, my anniversary, (laughs) my wife's and my anniversary, I say, oh, my gosh, I I, want to put that in my calendar, I tap one speaker button on the HumX device, and I just say, add my wife's and my anniversary to my calendar, and Google Assistant automatically does it.
1: All right, so these, um, so that's, that's the Hum or the Hum-X, you said, the combination or the uh, collaboration between Google and Verizon, which sounds amazing. And that's in new car tech. Is that something you could get separately, or you have to get it in your car when you that, that purchase is, it?
7: That, that's actually a device you get. It's a, it will be available soon at the Verizon wireless stores uh, near you. And if you want to find out more about it, go to hum.com.
1: All right, Paul. How about um, how can these connected car solutions um, help on the road? You mentioned mechanics. Uh, you mentioned you know if you have, if you have an accident, that's obviously important. Um, you mentioned the um, aspect of uh, having the assistant you know at your not even fingertips but just at your voice. What else?
7: Mm-hmm. I remembered looking yesterday at the, uh, de- the gas gauge the gas gauge, and it looked like it was getting low. Well, now I'm in my house, and it's in the morning, and I'm about to go on my commute. I can literally say to my Google Assistant device, like my smartphone or my tablet, I can say, okay, Google, ask Hum if my car has enough gas in it to get to work today. Wow. And lo and behold, the Hum will have recorded how much gas you have in the car, will record your knows where you're going to work, and will tell you, oh, no, you better get a fill-up or you have enough enough fuel to get to work. You can also ask, hey, okay, Google, ask Hum if my car uh, needs oil. Uh, needs an oil service, an oil change, and it will tell you. Uh, so th- that, that kind of information is not. Is
1: Unbelievable. All right, Paul, where do we go to get more info? You said first quarter of this year is when they'll be um, you know, coming out and we'll be able to find them in a Verizon store.
7: Uh, that's correct. Uh, but you, if you want to find out more about pricing, go to hum.com.
1: Hum.com. So cool. Thank you, Paul. Have fun.
7: It's my pleasure. Thank you.